like part of me believes that if I just find the joy and like connect to my body more and I'm at a point where like my idea of good exercise is not pounding it in the gym it's like intuitive dance it's yoga it's doing things that feel flowy to me where I feel like my authentic self and it's like sparking joy and in terms of diet it's just not just not even seeing how the two are related but like enjoying food nourishing my body with food and just kind of living my life and then it will all slot into place and I'll my body will kind of respond to that nurturing um that I'm giving it rather than it being so like trying to be militant with it and trying to like essentially be a different person than who I am like I am not a calorie counter I'm not like a macro yeah whatever the fuck it's called so I keep swearing (laughs) you're fine (laughs) and I'm not you know I can't I just I'm not into running it's just it's not my vibe like it's not my vibe welcome welcome to binge on this the podcast you can safely binge to lose weight this is your host Michelle Hasty Thompson and I am so excited to have you here so thank you so much for showing up and tuning in this podcast is inspired by you and there's nothing more important to me than you walking away with permission mission to be more of yourself, including having your ideal body. Today, you're going to be meeting Sarah, who is going to be talking about her journey with weight and food and specifically how she's living in the extremes. She calls it a personality thing, but what we'll learn very quickly is that it's not a personality that makes us live in the good or the bad or the healthy or the unhealthy or the black and the white. When all we do is desperately want to live in the gray, it's not a personality thing. It's designed by the dieting industry, and it's a side effect of doing the diets in themselves. So she'll learn exactly why that's happening and what she can do to live in that gray area or the sweet spot where you just live and exist and enjoy food and enjoy movement and enjoy life. So let's dive in. Well, welcome, welcome. Thanks for uh, agreeing to show up and kind of share your story with all the other people who could potentially be watching. Um, as I always say, everything you're experiencing, you are definitely not the only one. So it's really yeah. helpful for you to share your experience so other people can relate to you. So thank you. No problem. All right. Well, let's dive in. So I have your um, application over here that I'm looking at. And um, you mentioned that this struggle with food and weight has been a long one. Yeah. And I sometimes ask people, how long have you been struggling with weight and food? And they'll, they'll say my whole life. So when someone says that uh, my next question is, you know, when's the first time you can recall even having a thought about it? I don't remember like a specific moment where I had a conscious thought about it, but I think it became just in my consciousness as an issue from roughly like the age of seven I think yeah crazy yeah super young yeah like seven-year-olds shouldn't be thinking about their weight and food right totally such a battle okay and then what was happening around that time that brought it into your consciousness I don't have the best memory of my childhood so it's tricky for me to like pin down direct experiences and moments and things um but I mean I know I just moved house when I was seven um other than that I don't really like I can't really pin it down to an exact moment um when is the earliest or when's the first memory that is pretty um clear for you 
where you were really kind of battling this weight and food thing? <sighs> mm. Oh, it's so hard because there's it's really hard to pinpoint one moment because it would, the way that I remember it, the way that I recall it is that I know when I was super young, like two, three years old, I like didn't eat. Um, and my parents were always really worried about the fact they just couldn't get me. Like there was no food that I enjoyed. I was just one of those difficult kids with food. Mm -hmm. I know that will have played a part, but I don't remember it. Right. Um, and then after that, I think it just there was a moment where I think maybe I was like nine years old, maybe eight, my dad said something like he made a flippant joke, but it was a really unkind remark um, about my weight. And I like have a vivid memory of that. Um, and then also, cause I was a super, like I was a really small child. And then I think I just kind of started to like I hit puberty really young as well um, like maybe 11 years old and then in the years leading up to that I just kind of changed from being like this little doll to like I put like puppy fat on and I started to I don't know just view myself differently and I was like lie in bed at night and be like oh like if it was the summer holidays like from school and then I would fantasize about like going back to school after the summer holidays like being thinner mm -hmm. or like just wanting to wake up in the morning like thin like I'd wish for it right that's how that's how I know I was quite young because like wishing for it in that way like it could really happen overnight is like a total young mentality sure um and then even like experiences with boys when I was younger like if I wanted a boy to like me I would be like oh he would like me if I was like thinner like I don't know I think I just started to notice the difference between like me and my friends Right. Um, that would have probably been it. Sorry, I just probably went off on a massive tangent there. Oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> and then when you um, had those thoughts about your weight, which were obviously triggered by you sort of comparing your body that went through puberty probably earlier than other kids your age, right? So it's probably that that, that was most likely what was occurring there. Um, but did you have any, um, did you feel like you overate or ate too much food? Did you feel like that was why it was happening? I think, uh, did I, it's, I don't think it's that I overate, but I think I, like, I definitely would sneak the wrong types of food. And I think it was one of those situations where I was rewarded mm -hmm. for like doing well at something or like, I don't know, I was just rewarded with, oh, have a treat. And like, now it really pisses me off, pisses me off if my dad's like, oh, I got you, like on the rare occasion that I get to see him, he's like, oh, I got you a present and I'm like I know it's a chocolate bar and that's not a present like right <laughs> not a present not that's not a present chocolate's not a present but that's how it was when I was a kid it was like oh it's a gift you know it's a reward it's a sure. treat um and then also my dad would steal my food off my plate which like that was a thing and he would literally he'd be sitting opposite me if I was eating dessert and he would like mouth along like he was chewing like he was <laughs> eating it completely not aware that he was doing it but right. he's a massive like emotional eater and he Got would it. hide food like he would I'd go into a drawer in the living room and there would be like an empty chocolate wrapper right and it was like oh my god oh and also just something else super that I do remember actually with food I'd be given 
I think I must have been about eight years old and I'd been given this hundred piece Swiss chocolate bar from a relative or whatever and it got put away in a cupboard in the dining room and I hadn't had any of it and I went to go and have a piece one day and the whole thing was like the box was there but it was finished my dad had eaten it and he got so like he didn't apologize he got really defensive like he was obviously ashamed and like felt so guilty but that's a real moment of like you stole my food and you don't care like you love the food more than you love me yeah that's more important to you than me and I'm your only child right and I mean that's understandable well first of all I completely understand him because I did the same thing I would steal food from my roommates so I I completely understand the insanity of it and the the shame um and also I could totally understand how a child would respond that way I mean that makes total sense yeah And so if you fast forward into your years in which you felt like you were able to do something about it, so maybe in your either preteens or teens or older, like what was sort of your plan to get rid of the weight or or whatever your approach was? I think, I mean, I tried like dieting, but it never worked. And then as I became more, I kind of, I ended up going to the gym and not even as a like I want to lose weight but as a I was just going through a difficult time and I ended up getting really into going to the gym it was like a good way for me to spend time and then I realized I enjoyed it and I realized I was good at it and I got PT and I started clean eating and my body started to change and I felt really good but it was such a I think I'm just too much of an all or nothing person with that it was like I have to do this all perfect yeah once it became like something that I realized was going to work for me so then if I had one day where I slightly slipped up then it was like oh well you fucked everything up now so you may as well go and eat pizza yep like it's so common for people to do that 100 percent. well and, and and just so you know and everybody else what because I am actually reading the research on dieting from the social science world which is a lot more honest about the human side of these things dichotomous thinking black and white thinking is a side effect of dieting mm-hmm. um so it's not because I talk to so many people that tell me like my personality is all or nothing it's not your personality it's a response to weight and food and dieting and restrictions so don't yeah. take that on as a as a as a prescription or as a um, diagnosis because that's not yeah. who you, it's not who you are um it's it's the natural response to the way in which we're taught to to look at weight and food which yeah. is there's no wiggle room right in that world it's you follow this and if you want it bad enough you'll freaking follow it there's no room yeah. for like to be in a gray area it's like you're on or you're off and then as humans, when we restrict, the natural response is to binge. Just like if you were to hold your breath, then you gasp for air after you stop holding your breath. It's a natural response. Yeah. So you're um, completely normal, (laughs) I guess, is the the response to that. And and frustratingly normal. (laughs) Frustratingly normal. Exactly. Um, So at what did you have a point in which you were like, I'm not going to do this anymore? Or where did you, what was sort of the journey? Did you just keep trying different things and then it was bouncing back and forth? It was, I mean, let me just think of what the timeline was. So it was actually around that time. It turned out that I had hyperthyroidism and I, 
I think I'd had it for about two years before I was formally diagnosed and didn't know I had it and I lost a lot of weight um, and it like fell off me and then it was because uh, my mum had had a similar situation where she was quite a heavy child and teenager and then suddenly she was like super small in her mm-hmm. 20s and just never put the weight back on and she always looked really good so everyone would say to me oh it's just happening to you like what happened to your mum so I'm like oh thank god and then it turned out it was happening because I was sick and it was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Um, and then obviously I got really like healthy and I started working out at the gym and that worked. And then I moved from Scotland down to London for work and I started working as a runner at a, a production company. So my whole life went out of the window. So I didn't, no longer had the time. Like I wasn't working out and I was eating shit. Um, and then after a few years, I was getting really frustrated again. I was like, right, I know I can do this because I've done it before. I know I feel really good for it. So I'm going to make it a priority again. Um, and I got like a PT um, in London and I, I started again. And then it just didn't, I think as well, because I was a little bit older by that point. So my body wasn't as quick to respond to it. And I was getting really frustrated. And to be honest, he had me on like 900 calories a day. And Yikes. I was, yeah, um, and I love food. And it was just like... <laughs> As you should. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm so bored of, like, eating steamed fish and vegetables. Like, yeah. I'm literally so bored of it. Um, so it just didn't last very long. But I was, yeah. And then I've done, like, detoxes. I've done juice cleanses. Um not like a huge amount I was in Bali at the beginning of last year and I did like a full-on like five-day cleanse and I had like three colonics and lots of infrared saunas and that wasn't for the purpose of losing weight losing weight was a side effect of that but I felt so good in my body and it'd been a really long time since I felt like that and so it's just been like stints on and off and now again I'm like I just fluctuate between what I would say is a little bit like too heavy to like I am too freaking heavy and I haven't I don't remember ever just having like aesthetically a figure that like made me super happy sure well I mean how could you if it's been something you've been battling since you were in elementary school yeah yeah and my issue now is that it's so programmed into me that to achieve everything I want and to be received in the way that I want and to be successful that I have to look like this imaginary person in my head that it's like it's getting in the way from it's stopping me from going after the things that I want to go after fully because I just like it's in the back of my head all the time like yeah but what about like what you look like and it's just even with relationships and stuff like you know I've actually all my meaningful relationships with um, guys, it's the same patterns keep coming up. Like men have very similar, they say very similar things to me. And I don't know if it's like I'm creating this because it's the same patterns, but it's always like boyfriends have, and it like I've, I've been with some really horrible guys that will then just make a thing about my weight. And it's like, fuck you because you're just praying into my weak spot sure and then I've had other men in my life like obviously I told you my dad made that comment which he feels bad about now 
Um, but even like former employers and stuff and just guys that I've met and it's always been like, you know, you have such a pretty face. If you were just like, if you would just lose a little bit of weight, like you have such a pretty face. And that's come up so many times. And then because I hit puberty super young and I got like big boobs quick. So I've had attention for how I look like both negative and positive my whole life. And it's been really confusing. Like yeah. it's, yeah, sorry. I, I keep like not fully answering your questions. I don't think <laughs> but I'm just like, it's such a complex issue. So I just lead on to different, sorry. No, you're you're <laughs> totally fine. Like the thing is, is the longer you battle something, the more nuances there is to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is not just a couple years of something that you would like to change. This has been a lifelong thing. It's going to show up in all sorts of ways. So, I mean, that's very much to be expected when I see people that tell me they've been battling weight and food for their whole life. This is very Mm -hmm. normal. So I think the question that I have for you now is just, what do you think is the solution? Like if you were to cast aside any advice you've received about weight and food and you were to sort of tap into yourself and say like, what do I think is the, the plan? Like what would, what would work for me if I didn't know anything else about any of this? I, I feel like the most important thing is that I think it comes down to like a level of respect that I have for myself because I know how to take care of myself. So I feel like I'm not respecting myself by not looking after like my health and my body in the way that I know how to, in the way that it deserves. Like there's this separation between me and my physical self. And I don't know if I've chosen as a means of protection to not make it easy for me to lose weight. Do you know what I mean? Well, Um, you said that, I mean, okay, based on everything you've told me, there's no way you're actually in a place of choice about this. Yeah. It's so I mean subconsciously. That. Like I mean completely subconsciously. Right, no, but that's what I'm saying is that there, the part of you that's not taking care of yourself as you're calling mm. it is the mm-hmm. part of you that's that's craving autonomy. That's like, mm. I don't want to do something because everybody's telling me to do it. And I don't want to do something because it's what I'm supposed to do. And I don't want to do something because of everybody else around me, like F all of you, I'm doing nothing then, right? You're so far from it being a choice anymore, Um, even though it's truly your choice. And if, you know, if you could like forget everything else, then you would probably wake up today and be like, I think I'm going to choose to do this for myself. But you laden with all that other garbage to even be a choice. Um, And Mm. so you're naturally as a human going to choose not to do anything than to do something for all those people. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's not surprising to me. But I really want to do it for myself. Of course you do. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the place we have to get to with it, right? So yeah. part of that, like one of the questions I ask people is, why do you want to lose weight? And when I ask that question, um, well, I'll, I'll follow it up. So why do you want to lose weight? Um, so that I feel really good about myself. It's like the most... And what would that look like? So to feel really good about yourself, what does that look like? How do you know you're there? Like I get dressed in the morning, I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, like you, like, yeah, you look good. I feel good. And if no one else were there to witness it, would that matter? 
No. No, it actually wouldn't matter. I, 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 I know I've brought it back a lot to like things that people have said and me being like worried about judgment and things like that. But I actually, I have quite a lot of separation between how I take on other people's stuff now anyway. Like, I don't really care when it comes now. to, I care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I care. <laughs> right. But fundamentally, I, ju- I want to look at me in a reflection and be like, yeah, you've got it going on. Like, you look fucking awesome. Adult um, Sarah believes yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. But, but child, child Sarah, <laughs> who's still existing in there and not getting her yeah. needs met at a young age. Um, yeah. That's who it's you're fighting like, Please with. love me. Please love yeah. Like, I just love me. Just accept me. That would be, yeah, that would be the answer. In, in other words, instead of focusing on losing weight and whatever habits or behaviors you would change to lose weight, what could you focus on? Accepting myself as I am, right. which I do work on, I swear to God. <laughs> so what is, what, how are you working on it? And I don't, I don't mean to insult you. I'm curious. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I take a lot of, I've started really taking the sense silly. I've started really taking my time in the shower. Yeah. Like, um, and just making like a ritual of it, making something like making it that time really special for me to be with me and kind of taking time, like washing myself and taking time, moisturizing my whole body and like being with my body in that way and like trying to not hate on it while I'm doing it, you know? And then I don't look in the mirror and go, oh, you're disgusting. Like, I'm not as far as that. Like, I look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, there's just room for improvement. Sure. But that's with everyone. I don't hate myself. Um, and also, what else do I do? Like, skincare, like, I try and find just ways of looking after myself so that I feel good. Like, ritualistic ways in skincare and, like, bathing or those kind of two things for me of like me giving attention to myself and self-care yep that would be self-care yeah but going back to what you stated earlier about the fact that you know the way that you look is impacting the way that you show up in the world because you want to project a certain identity to the world and part of that you have found is wrapped up in the way that you look physically so with that thought how do you accept yourself I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's to me, that's where the work is. Right. Oh, I yeah. know. I know. But my point is that these are the places in which your energy are better spent. Right. Mm. Other than, you know, how many carbs am I eating or what detox am I doing or right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so why funny. does that matter? Like when I think about projecting a certain image to the world, first of all, um, one of the things I had to learn when I was battling my weight was just how do I dress this body like in yeah. a super flattering, incredible way? Because I've seen women of all shapes and sizes and some look, you know, like they didn't put much time, which no judgment, that's totally their choice. But some who are even in bodies that society wouldn't deem as, you know, ideal look freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly. I like half the time I buy clothes for like the version of myself that I want to look like. And I then had I a realized... feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. Yeah, my wardrobe's filled with them. You. 
nothing is stopping you from walking out into the world and projecting a successful, confident, whatever kind of woman you want to be in this exact body that you're in, right? Literally nothing stopping you except for the maybe knowledge of how to dress your body in a flattering way, which Mm. I watched lots of episodes of what not to wear to learn that. But yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and, and nobody has to do that, by the way. I'm just saying this is a desire of yours. Yeah. I don't, uh, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's definitely been harder like in lockdown because I'm kind of like, I just don't care as much. Like I have so many like beautiful clothes, clothes that I can wear and I do know how to dress myself. Um, but then I've kind of, I'm like sweat all the time right now well I mean you're you're if you're at home why why wouldn't you be I'm more yeah. talking about there is a part of you that feels like you're not able to project the identity that you want to project and and yeah. no part of that is related to what you weigh yeah that's a feeling okay. I don't even mean physically like how you step no, out I know I know exactly what you mean it's just masquerading as like a, a weight thing, but it's not really that. It's right deeper it's, than that. It's lack of acceptance and lack of love because it sounds like part of you has held off that fully for a thinner version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I've been waiting for her to show up for like, what, 20, yeah. three years. It's like you're, you're giving yourself some love and some self-care and things like that, but not at full capacity because you're sort of reserving that for when you are whatever it is that you have in your head. Yeah. 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 You're totally right. I'm totally reserving it. You're totally right. So that, that is the space in which you can tap into what is true unconditional love and true unconditional love is those friends and family members that you have that you don't need to put on any facade that it doesn't matter what you weigh what you say what you do the love never wavers Mm. that's what your body is asking for yeah I mean how do you give it that yeah (laughs) I mean part of it is being honest about the fact that nothing that you want to achieve has anything to do with what you weigh. It's just the, it's, it's the bullshit story that we're sold that life is better when you're thin. That doesn't mean you can't have the desire to lose weight. You totally can, but you're lying to yourself. If you think anything's massively going to change. Yeah. I do think that like about that a lot. I'm like, if I did wake up tomorrow, like, the size the perfect size for me that I want to be in my head would I suddenly like would all my confidence issues be gone yeah just magic happens it would initially because you would be so excited right just like when you get a new car and there's this initial wave of everything in my life is now better because I have a new car right like everything is perfect because I have this thing this awesome experience the other thing that that is true is that when you get to that place let's say you woke up tomorrow and you were in your ideal body, you get to cross that off the list of things to do. And that's Mm -hmm. a big one. That's one that's been with you since very, very young. So to be able to cross that off is a huge deal for you. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's a big part of the drive. What what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) What do I do? What do I do? um it's a complicated question I know I I mean 
so much of it is going to have to be a whole lot of honesty with yourself about um, all the feelings you have about weight and food are not really about what you look like. It's about the battle that it's been all these years. Mm. Uh, and so that's really what you're fighting. It, it, it's, you don't, the, the most connected and authentic version of you doesn't really care about how much you weigh. It does probably think that this is a really important goal on your list of things to achieve. And like, it would be nice to be able to say that you've achieved it. I'm sure that part of you is truly there. But the battle and the struggle and the strive and the need for it to happen quickly and the willing to sacrifice anything to get it, that's all from the years and years and years of battling it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, oh, it's really frustrating because I know exactly what you're saying, but still in my head, I'm like, yeah, but I just want to like be thin. Okay. So let me say it this way, which by the way, why, of course you do. That's totally normal. Um, when we have something chronic, like a chronic symptom, so weight being mm-hmm. a chronic symptom, something that just keeps recurring and won't go away no matter what, it's, it's happening because it's here to hold us accountable to the most ideal, authentic, fulfilling, connected life that we have in our heads, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to, I, uncomfortable, annoying, frustrating symptom, I'm going to stand here until you live the life that I know that you want to live. And so we want the symptom to go away and we hyper-focus on the symptom because the symptom's annoying. It's like that annoying little thing that's just always there. And you're like, okay, I will, I promise I cross my fingers. I will go after my ideal life, but I'd get there so much easier if you would just go away. (laughs) Like, can you please just go away? I promise to you that I will still do it. But the reality is the minute that symptom backs off, so does our accountability and motivation to ourselves. The symptom is what pushes us. So that's why it's always there. And it's always Mm going to be there until we actually go and like not ignore it. You still want to acknowledge that it's there. You don't want to suppress it. And you want to, you want it to be there. Like, thank you for being here and for holding me accountable to nothing less than my ideal life. Mm Mm-hmm. Stop focusing on suppressing the symptom and allow the symptom to be there to motivate you towards everything you could ever want. And by the way, as soon as you do that, the symptom doesn't make sense to be there anymore and it releases itself. Okay. You make that sound really simple. (laughs) It's simpler than you would think. Let me put it this way. Losing weight is not your job. It's nothing you can do. It's not in your control. So Mm -hmm. in that sense, it is easy. Weight loss is easy because your body does it, not you. You have, you only think you control it because you manipulate it for periods of time, but you don't actually control it. Um, So if you let go of that, it's a huge burden off your back because you're like, this Mm -hmm. is not my job. uh, I was just telling my clients right before this, there's nothing to fix here, right? This is not for you to fix. Like your body will figure itself out when it needs to, but you need to set Mm -hmm. the environment for it to be able to do that. And the only way you can set that environment is to go after and live the life that you are dreaming of. Yeah. I I do think about that in the sense of, because for me, it's not about 
like part of me believes that if I just find the joy and like connect to my body more and I'm at a point where like my idea of good exercise is not pounding it in the gym it's like intuitive dance it's yoga it's doing things that feel flowy to me where I feel like my authentic self and it's like sparking joy and in terms of diet it's just not just not even seeing how the two are related, but like enjoying food, nourishing my body with food and just kind of living my life. And then it will all slot into place and I'll, my body will kind of respond to that nurturing um, that I'm giving it rather than it being so like trying to be militant with it and trying to like essentially be a different person than who I am. Like I am not a calorie counter. I'm not like, a macro yeah whatever the fuck it's called sorry I keep swearing (laughs) you're fine (laughs) and I'm not you know I can't I just I'm not into running it's just it's not my vibe like it's not my vibe so why am I I I don't yeah and I just I don't believe that I will achieve what I want to achieve by doing that because it doesn't doesn't make sense for who I am but why I think what's getting the way of you believing that that's the perfect weight loss plan and following it of of which the first yeah the first that I don't know that first that's like that annoys the shit out of me because that's what I mean I'm like I know how if I lived my life that way like how that would look I know what my day-to-day would feel like I know I'd feel really good why am I not giving that to myself because whenever I think about like my highest self and this version of me that has the body I want, the energy that I want, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's everything that I just described to you before. Like that's who she is. So why am I not showing up as her like every day? I don't know. Like, why am I not? Is it, do I that deeply feel that I don't deserve it? I don't, I mean, I'm just going to give an opinion here. Yeah. I don't think that's what it is, but I could always obviously be wrong. I've only known you for 35 minutes, but yeah. <laughs> my, get my hunch, well, two things I'll say. One, there's not a whole lot of evidence around us that supports that version of weight loss mm-hmm. that you're describing so beautifully, right? So mm-hmm. I live in a world where it's commonly discussed, but the most of the population does not. So I would venture to guess that part of that is you trusting external advice over internal, um, which Mm -hmm, is, mm -hmm. you know, which is flooding in from every corner. Right. So that's, that's difficult to uh, turn off. Yeah. And then my, and then my other guess would be, you know, when you're using typical weight loss strategies, the way that it works is you do some stuff, you make some changes, you look for progress and results, and then you keep going when you're making the kinds of changes you're talking about. That's not how it works. And my guess is that if you didn't see immediate weight loss or results that it wouldn't feel very good to you to keep doing it. It would be scary Mm. and potentially make you not want to continue on that path and go back to a more controlling or manipulative way to do it. That Mm. is more proven, I guess, mass in the masses to get progress. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, yeah, I probably on a level like the lack of kind of evidence will dissuade me but then the way I think about it as well like that's not just about like that's not just weight loss that's giving that to myself is giving myself like 
the embodiment of the type of person that I believe I am at my core. Right. And yeah, weight loss will be a side effect of that. But I'm like, it's not just that's how I'm going to lose weight. It's like, that's how I want to show up like in life. That's where I know I'll do my best work. Like embodying that version. So that's where I'm, I'm like, that's why I say like, is it deep down? I don't feel like I just like I'm deserving of that life because I know how to give it to myself. And it's a choice every day. Like I can wake up and I can get out of bed and I can, you know, do those things that I have talked about and do as much as I can to embody that. I can make that choice, but I'm not doing it. I'm hitting snooze. I'm going onto my phone and I'm lying in bed for an extra hour scrolling on Instagram for absolutely no fucking reason. (laughs) So we call that (laughs) autopilot living. Yeah, no, totally. (laughs) Like every night I set the same intention of like the things I'm going to eat, the time I'm going to get up, the way I'm going to be active, like how I'm going to show up. And then I wake up and I do the exact opposite and it's like Uh, rinse and repeat every day. Okay. So can I make a a suggestion there? Um, (laughs) So when you're, when you've been in the weight loss world for many years, um, usually prescribing things to yourself outside of the moment kind of has the opposite effect because it creates that same kind of energy of have tos, even though they are want tos. Um, So I would not prescribe anything outside of the moment. So I wouldn't go to bed saying tomorrow, I'm going to wake up and do X, Y, and Z. It's most likely going to create a whole lot of um, defiance. Yeah. yeah, resistance. Yeah. yeah, I'm such a defiant child. Like, as am I, look, here's what I tell people: if you want to, if you want to do my program and my process, you have to be like defiant and a free spirit and like wanting to break rules. Like, that's the only way this works. Because so this is all good things. Trust me. Yeah, that defiance in you is is a good thing. It's keeping you from doing pretty crazy shit to lose weight. <laughs> so mm. we got that going for you. Um, <laughs> But there needs to be um, the belief that's going to help you be successful is there's nothing for me to do to lose weight, which eliminates all the have tos from what you're, even though you want to do all these things, you want to eat healthy, you want to do yoga, whatever. Those are all things you want to do. But as soon as you make them have tos, then you've you've removed the choice and and you crave extreme autonomy. You crave it. Um, You're not going to do well if you remove any autonomy. So you need to stay in that place. If I have free choice and free will every moment of every day, and there's absolutely nothing I have to do to have what I want, that's going to put you in a space of abundance where you can make choices moment to moment and feel really good about the choices. Even if it's the same choices you would have given yourself the day before. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So there's nothing for me to do tomorrow. Well, besides like, you know, maybe you have to work, but I mean, like outside of that, like in terms of your self-care habits, your health habits, your weight habits, your food habits, there's nothing that you need to do because any action that you take from a place of have to is not going to get you closer to what you want, even if those habits are the things you want to do. But the energy of doing them because you have to is the problem. So I'm telling you as an expert, and I've been studying this since 2006. Okay. Mm-hmm. So long, long time um, getting my PhD in this. Like I know what I'm talking about. And my, my advice to you is do nothing over something if it's coming from that energy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's because that's true for every aspect of my life I am as soon as it's a have to I'm like hell no absolutely I'm the same way don't tell me what to do I had this one nutritionist tell me like she's talking about how you know certain oils are really bad and she's like you really just need to make your salad dressing like every day like just don't buy salad dressing and I have never been so motivated to go buy salad dressing in my life like f you making like I love to make salad dressing it's delicious why all of a sudden is it like no way okay I'm going to the grocery store right now and buying six bottles of salad dressing just because you said that yeah like who are you to tell me (laughs) to buy salad dressing (laughs) it's the silliest like toddler teenager mentality in the world but it's real yeah it's so real and it filters (laughs) into everything if I like in the moment if it's not something that's gonna like give me joy that I really want to do I'm not gonna do it yeah. And the, so, diff- the difficult thing is that it changes like day to day. There's no consistency that's life. That's in what the I want. Of life. I don't think, I know. you know, you talked about the fact that your personality was black and white. It's absolutely not. One, you know, one day I wake up and I want to do yoga. Like I wake up and I walk easily into my my yoga mat and I do my yoga. There's no force. There's no push. It's just what I want to do. And the next morning I might wake up and, you know, sit on and sit in my bed and I don't know, do nothing or whatever. It changes moment to moment. You need to have the freedom to choose moment to moment. But the, the sort of second part to this process is you need to be present so that you can actually receive what it is that you want moment to moment. So if you're checked out or numbed out or an autopilot, then you won't even have the opportunity to tune into yourself and say, what is it that I even want right now? Yeah, 100%. Um, I have discovered, I mean, I haven't nailed it yet, obviously, but I have discovered that tuning in to that and understanding, um, I guess being intuitive with yourself of what you really need and want in the moment uh, is so important. I have come to realize that because I think it's it's difficult as well when your rational mind when your conscious mind is like um you crave routine like you crave routine you want routine you want that'll make you feel good and like that you're achieving and you're moving towards your goals if you can develop like this particular habit and a way of doing it and a structure and a routine of doing it every single day because that's what trips me up it's when I set myself up with such a routine that I'm like yes I have this routine I'm gonna do this at this time and blah 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 blah, blah, whatever and then I don't so it's like the perfect setup because (laughs) oh oh, look at that, I failed again, obviously, because I have no discipline. And that's like the cycle that I just go on where I'm setting myself up to fail. I fail and then I'm like accusatory and hate myself for having no discipline. And so it continues. And so it continues. And so it continues. Your value, your value of um, success needs to shift. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it used to be that I was proud of myself if I got a lot of stuff done, if I was disciplined, if I was dedicated, if I checked off everything I set for myself um, at any cost, really. Like, so in other words, I wouldn't have gone to bed happy unless I followed that routine that I set my, for myself, even if in the moment of the routine, I didn't want to do that, but I dedicated myself and did it anyway, I would have been proud of myself for doing it. Yeah. And I had to shift that. And so what I praise myself now is flexibility, fluidity, 
presence, ease, doing nothing over doing anything out of a, a survival or fight or flight energy. Like I, I had to shift what I'm proud of. Yeah. That makes total sense. And I've become really aware of that in other areas, but I guess not so much with like weight loss and food and exercise. Well, because it's counter to what everybody, like if you went to someone tomorrow and were like, I had such a great day yesterday, I'm trying to lose weight. So like I laid around and I meditated and I colored. <laughs> I mean, they'd be like, okay, <laughs> good luck with that plan. Yeah, how's that going for you? <laughs> but if you said, I'm trying to lose weight. And yesterday I, you know, skipped breakfast. I drank a shake at noon and then I had a piece of fish for dinner and then I ran six miles. They'd be like, yeah, they'd be like, good, good job. And you'd be like, yeah, I actually feel like garbage and my body hates me because I starved it all day and I probably won't have my period next month, but you know, good for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so true. So you goes back to, you know, not, not caring what the rest of the world praises, right? Because it's never, is it going to be that I walk into, unless I'm like with my people, but typical audiences of people, never am I going to walk in and be like, I'm so proud of myself because I resisted doing something and I didn't overwork and I didn't get overly productive and I didn't get overly analytical. And instead I just did yoga and relaxed. Like that most people are going to think that's insane. And they're going to think you're never going to accomplish anything that way. And that's a misunderstanding mm. of the feminine and the masculine energy because the masculine energy is so praised. Um, and the feminine is a state of surrender and allowance, which means it's not efforted. And if you're not efforting and you value hard work and effort, you're going to constantly battle yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely need to get more into my feminine energy with this. And not try and, yeah. Well, you don't have a choice because you don't actually control it. So I hate to break it to you, but you have no choice but to allow it to happen or you're just not going to ever have it happen because you can't force it to happen for any long period of time. So there's those are your options. (laughs) You can keep temporarily forcing it to happen or you can admit that I have zero control over this. I might as well just let it go because I can't do anything about it anyway. Yeah. I'll just go live my life. (laughs) so that is um that's the plan no I have a program that puts a a structure around this at least so that makes people Mm -hmm. feel more comfortable um and so just know that that does exist like the the ability to get into your body um and have a quote-unquote weight loss plan uh it, it it's something I've created because when I have these conversations with people it, like you do potentially have a lot of new understandings, but then it's like, well, how the hell do I do this? Because I need to actually stay confident that I can do it and not flail because I don't have the structure um, yeah. that I, that I feel like I need to be successful. So that is why mm-hmm. I created the program. So for anybody listening, um, just know that if you've in the past, like thrown it all away and given up and said, forget it. I'm just going to let it all go. And it's gone horribly wrong. Um, that's normal. <laughs> that's why I created a program to help people as they sort of detox out of the dieting mentality um, so that that doesn't happen and it becomes a really positive and, and uplifting experience. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I think you, yeah, it's, 
it's such an interesting way of looking at it. And I think uh, it makes so much sense, even though it's counterintuitive. Like to the rest of the world, not to yourself. Yeah. No, no, it's not counterintuitive to me. It's complete sense to me. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, I think, I, yeah, I just need to become a bit more flowy and surrender to just being in my approach rather than trying to, to force you. and push. You just need to be you. Yeah. You've just been trying to be somebody else that that adheres to, you know, our culture standards. Yeah. As opposed uh, to being a rebel and saying, I don't really care what the rest of the world praises and how the rest of the world says it's done. Yeah. So I, think, I just remembered something as well. Like when I was younger, the biggest issue that I had, like whenever my parents had a school report for me, like there was always the same thing that like I, Sarah's super bright and she has lots of potential, but she just doesn't try. And it was just a consistent message that was always given to me, which was like, you know, you could do anything if you put your mind to it. Why will you not just try? Why won't you try? Why won't you try? Why won't you try? It never occurred to them that you just weren't interested? <laughs> totally. Totally. like i like, don't know I mean, if i tried really hard at algebra um, yeah you're all interested yeah. in that this is the thing if you just put your mind to it if you just like I don't try want harder to. yeah I don't, it's not for me sorry um <laughs> but it must be so linked to this yeah because you're trying really hard to make sure you try now so that, so but, I don't, but I fight against it. I don't even try really hard. That's the thing. I still, because I'll sit there and get frustrated with myself when I say the same thing. Like the vo- that voice is still in my head of like, God, why won't you just try? Well, because like, you do for bouts when you do your diets and things like that. That is a, an extreme trying. Uh, yeah, but then it doesn't pay off. Like, well, of course properly. it doesn't pay off because it goes against everything you want. But at the same, like, it makes sense that you would then have bouts of not trying at all and then feel guilty about the fact that you're not trying because you have a message of the fact that you're the, you're the reason it's not happening. Yeah. Instead of yeah. It, it, instead of that, like, that's not the case at all. Yeah. You're not the reason you, you probably didn't have interest in either the way that was being taught or the subject matter. And like, you're like, I mean, if you were an adult, you'd be like, Cause it sucks. Like, cause I don't want to learn it. Cause I'm not interested. Like it would be yeah. such an obvious response. Like no shit. I'm not trying. I have zero interest in it. In college classes. I didn't care about. I could care less if I got a C. I'm like, I don't care about this class, but put me in yeah. a class that I cared about. And I tried and like, that's not everybody's approach. It doesn't have to be. I'm not here to preach to people what they should or shouldn't do. But mm. I learned in college, like, what's the point of me? Like, not sleeping and driving myself insane to try to get A's in every class and like sacrifice my entire life. Like for what? For yeah, what? I don't, I don't see a point. I will put effort into the areas that I, I want to put effort in and I will do the minimum in the other. And it kept me sane. <laughs> yeah. I totally, I totally agree with you. Um, I think it's just, yeah, obviously it feeds into a narrative that 
well, you don't try for things and you're never going to be as good as you could be because you don't try for things. You don't try just, for things you don't care that you don't want to build skills. Totally. That's how, I would, that's how I would rephrase it in your head. Like you don't yeah. want to build skills in dieting. You don't want to build skills in restricting food. You don't want to build mm-hmm. skills in depriving. So yeah, you're not trying very hard because <laughs> you, you don't want to get better at those things. There's no desire to increase those skills. Yeah. That makes sense. It's, it's very logical, but if you think that you should want those things is where you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Why would yeah, you? Yeah, well, I, I think I still obviously think that if I was that person that got up at 6 a.m. and went to the gym and drank a smoothie, then I, you know, I'm worthwhile. Only because... Only... only that, and that's discipline. A hundred percent, you would be praised externally for that Mm. I'm not gonna lie you would it's just how badly do you want that external praise and at what cost because you would get it if you had a six-pack and you were super disciplined and worked out four hours a day and rationed every meal you would be praised up the wazoo you'd have a business around it Mm -hmm. you'd make money off of it it's a path you can choose that at a huge no, yeah, it's not me. That's it's not you. I don't want that. I just want to feel like really good in my body. <laughs> yeah, but you have to not care about the other stuff. Yeah. You have to be uh, unwavering with your commitment to who you are without caring about what anybody says is valuable or what you should be. Mm. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Doesn't feel good to me. I hate running. I'm with you. I'm not yeah. going to be a runner. I'm actually not very, I actually don't really like, I, I don't want to say I don't like exercise. I'm not an athletic person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not who I am. I'm good with that. Like that's why I like yoga and dance. I'm good with that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. You're, yeah, preaching to the converted. <laughs> but that, that phrase of I don't try. I would just continue the sentence when you hear it in your head with, I don't try with things that I don't have an interest in building skills in. Yeah. You do try with things you care about. You just haven't given yourself the option to try or not, which is why you're not trying. That's a very confusing sentence. <laughs> You've stripped the autonomy from it. So you, you are choosing nothing over, over efforting. Mm-hmm. You've also been efforting for many, many years without much choice. So you're in a rebellious stage with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> is that helpful? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that it's helpful, like framing it in that way rather than it being something like oh, I've got to figure out how to do this for me like I've got to try this and make this work and mold it this way like no I can just be and put my energy into feeling good and then the rest will kind of show up as it needs to because mm-hmm. I guess as well if we're feeling good then we make like good choices for ourselves Absolutely. Well, and if you look at the, going back to the States, like a fight or flight and rest and digest Mm -hmm. when you're in fight or flight or survival mode, 
um, your creativity decreases, your focus decreases, your ability to, to really like be efficient in life. It all decreases mm-hmm. because everything's flooding to, I got to deal with this initial threat. And so I will like rev up the things that are important for that and then rev down digestion and all those things. Right. So I could deal with the threat. Yeah. And so when you exist there, everything is more difficult. It feels well, like, like you're running from a lion, right? It feels very in- intense in that sense um, versus rest and digest when your creativity increases, your ability to think clearly increases, your digestion and metabolism are more efficient. Like everything just runs smoothly because that's where we're supposed to reside. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. I'll be better like with myself. Maybe I don't still... use the term I'll be better with myself. Yeah. I'll be myself. I'll just be myself. Yeah. Like just be committed to fully expressing exactly who you are without editing um, and without caring what the rest of the world says and trusting that your path to everything you could ever want has to be from your full expression of exactly who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you once again for sharing your story with us and oh, your you. struggles. And for anybody listening, um, if you would like to learn more about my program where I help women um, through four phases to exit the world of dieting and really find themselves and connect to their bodies, uh, just shoot me a message on Facebook. I'm happy to tell you about it. Um, and other than that, I'll see you all next time. Thank you so much for listening. And for those of you who want to get help and support with your chronic symptoms of food and weight struggles, I am here for you. I have a curriculum that I have been teaching for years that walk people right through the process to go through all four phases to release this symptom, whether it's that these symptoms get eliminated completely or that you at least eliminate the need to fix them all and are happily, peacefully living in your body and enjoying food, becoming that guilt-free eater, I'm here for you. You can either send me an email at michelle at theominstitute.com or feel free to send me a message over on my Facebook page or my Instagram at theominstitute. I love talking to you, so please feel free to reach out there and I'd be happy to tell you more.